0: This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to a Double Date with Dateline.
1: I got my double date, double date, double date.
0: We're still doing that, huh?
1: Double, double date. What was that? That was baby back ribs. Oh yeah. Double <laughs> yeah, it date. Was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it
0: was. Totally yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> this episode we were thought we were gonna talk about the last time we talked about this episode. But we ran out of time because we talked about the other story. It's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. And we talked about the first one for so long that we had to put off talking about the second one.
1: Yeah. Elder Skelter is basically long episodes.
0: Of two stories. Yes. There's only three episodes of Elder Skelter. I wish there were more because the logo for the show that comes on the screen is a martini glass filled Mm -hmm. with water and dentures in it
1: that's awfully clever
0: it's awfully clever also a little
1: ageist why offensive towards elders what could they possibly do like that's not offensive towards elders if they're trying to do something about age it's just all going to be
0: yeah it's all going to be offensive
1: yeah none of it's going to be okay so yeah i think at least that's kind of fancy Mm mm-hmm so I don't know if I was an elder, if I would be mad at that. I'd be like, huh.
0: <laughs> I hope if you're an elder, you have a sense of humor.
1: Bill, Bill, look at this, honey. That's how I'm going to keep my teeth from now on.
0: <laughs> it's cute. So this is the second episode, right?
1: So this is yes.
0: Death lies and security tape.
1: Yeah, which is startlingly like your A plus title from a couple weeks back.
0: It's a classic title that just I keep reusing. I don't feel like they used it as well as I did.
1: No, they didn't. I'll agree with you on that.
0: It's still it's it's a title that's applicable to many episodes.
1: Yeah, I think so. And now we're in we're back where we started with our fancy ladies. Are you excited?
0: I love Joyce, Rita and Lynn. I wish they had their own spinoff series. I'm really sad. I don't know what has happened to them since. Because wasn't didn't we just figure out that this show was from like 2013 or something? Yeah. So where are they? Are they still with us?
1: Are they still acting? I'm sure they've gotten other gigs.
0: I hope so. They deserve Emmys.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. But they are delightful. Um, and their wardrobe is second to none. And it, their
0: wardrobe person should win an Emmy.
1: I think they brought it from home. I decided that...
0: You think they're that glamorous?
1: I think they've got stuff.
0: Are those their real names or are those fake actor names? Actor are names. they real friends or were they cast and brought together with fake names and they are playing characters? Yes. I can't tell that's how good they are.
1: Oh, wow. No, they're definitely actors and they were brought together and given a script. They
0: That wardrobe is theirs.
1: But I do think that this might be a case of if you have anything particularly, you know, that just screams Upper West Side, New York or Upper East Side. Sorry. Then I don't know. West side? East side? Don't know. Manhattan? The sure. Park Avenue. Bring it. And mm-hmm. then th- those ladies brought their yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. The turban is my favorite.
1: The turban was a great touch, and I wonder if that was Lynn's idea. That I don't know. I'm guessing yes. But did she line her lips like that? Ooh. Do you think maybe she just ate something, and then that's the remnant? Yeah. Because they are eating in the scene. I mean, they've got food, so maybe she wasn't supposed to eat and she had a glossy lip. Gloss just goes away and you're left with a line. Yeah. That's it. I mean,
0: it works for her, so I don't care. I just want to picture those three ladies forever at that diner.
1: (laughs) They're really cute. And
0: I want to sit at a diner right behind them and just listen to their conversation.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're the biggest gossips. So Lynn is in yellow turban. Joyce is in chartreuse and black with the braid around the front of her head. The fancy braid. Yes, I I know. I can see you with the fancy braid. And Rita has the statement glasses
0: love statement glasses
1: yes love them so they so lynn is again sort of the leader of the pack and she says a 67 or no one of the others says i think it's rita says a 67 year old man with daddy issues and lynn tells us that the next story makes that look like child's play or gobbledygook for some reason i didn't write the exact word she used oh
0: i don't feel like she said gobbledygook but
1: no but she said it makes it look like child's play
0: well that's an ironic term of statement since we're talking about elders
1: yeah so maybe that's just my clever word play we're, we're gonna chalk that up to maybe that was me probably not <laughs> so now we're... it's katie <laughs> the year is 1976 the place is hollywood ken mcdavid is a sacramento native native who came to dream the dream we're getting a lot of hollywood b-roll in this shot and then they tell us that the entertainment industry is one of the most thankless fields you can go into. And basically, the streets of L.A. and Hollywood are littered with people who have had their dreams broken and crumble around them and wind up homeless on the streets of Hollywood. One
0: thousand percent true. Can verify. Oh, my
1: goodness. It's so exclamation point. It's harsh. True.
0: No, true.
1: True. I would not say that the streets I having worked in Hollywood for quite some time, I would not say that the streets in Hollywood are littered with people who have broken dreams. It's not like
0: as someone who competed in a game show Mm -hmm. on Hollywood Boulevard out of a desperate attempt to win money and be on TV. Mm -hmm. That's a story for another podcast.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I am. My soul is shattered and littered on the floor.
1: No, I'm talking about homeless people.
0: Yeah, I was, there are a lot of homeless people. I don't know if they all wanted to be famous, but symbolically there are a lot of homeless people that are just um souls crushed by the industry. Yeah, maybe. Trust me. I saw them every day. Yes. Wanting to be famous.
1: It is really sad. How
0: many of them are famous?
1: Yeah. Very few. Ken McDavid is um, now famous for the wrong reason because he's on this show called Elter Skelter and it's about him.
0: It's a pretty famous case. So, oh, is it? Very famous. Did you know uh, it? Yes, very well.
1: Oh, okay. That's exciting. Okay. I didn't know that you knew it. Anyways, so Streets Littered with Broken Dreams. We, our main interview is with Ken McDavid's brother. Who tells us that Ken was a mildly successful radio DJ uh, who went by Kenny West? It's the Wild West with Kenny West. I don't, I don't really. If get we're it.
0: counting Pam Smart, this is our second DJ in a row.
1: Yeah, except they keep calling Pam Smart a disc jockey, and I really wish they would stop that and just say DJ.
0: Why does that bother you so much? That's what it stands for.
1: I know it does, but how how often do we hear disc jockey? Hardly ever.
0: In the 90s, we did, I feel like. That's
1: why I think they keep trying to denote that that was the time that she did that. But also, Kenny West did that, I think, in the 90s. And we're not calling him a disc jockey. We're calling him a radio DJ. A
0: disc jockey is someone that top hits that Casey Kasem announced.
1: That's not a DJ? Casey Kasem? No, but that's not a DJ. A DJ... Didn't play the top hits?
0: No, if Casey Kasem was involved, it was called a disc jockey. There that's go. where I'm drawing the timeline. I like that.
1: Is Casey Kasem still with us? No,
0: he's not. And that's a case that um, several people have requested that we cover.
1: Did he die mysteriously? Yeah. <gasps> well, it's.
0: I think it's mysterious, but the more... Mis- well, I thought it was just the, the fight over his estate it had gotten extremely messy with his family. But someone said that there actually was some suspicious stuff going on.
1: <gasps> oh, that's curious. Particularly
0: nasty family feud going
1: on. Ah, in his
0: yeah. So, some it must have been a 2020 20 or 48 hours that someone wanted us to do.
1: Mm. I we see. might. Yeah, for Patreon. I would I, mean, I would like to know. I would like to know about Casey Kasem. Okay. Anyways, back to Ken McDavid. So, he decided to roll the dice and try his luck in Hollywood. So Kenny goes west. That doesn't work. I really wish it did. But he's in Sacramento. So really, he just goes, he goes south. So he got a little tiny role. And I mean, very little in a Lonnie Anderson movie of Burt Reynolds fame, Lonnie Anderson. I'm sure she's famous in her own right, but I cannot think of a Lonnie Anderson movie. Really? No, I cannot. And I didn't look it up.
0: She was huge star WKRP in Cincinnati.
1: That's right. Is that where she got her start? Unsure. Maybe.
0: Won three Golden Globes and two Emmy nominations.
1: For WKRP? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Good for her. I've not seen that show, so I don't know. I, I know it was like a staple, so maybe I should take a look at that.
0: I only know the theme song, really.
1: Me too. Weird.
0: And then I feel like she was in... I sometimes think she was involved with Burt Reynolds, but then I, or was she married to Burt Reynolds? Yeah. Was she in one of the Smokey and the Bandits movies? Maybe. Was he also involved with Farrah Fawcett or am I thinking of Ryan, what's
1: his name? I have never seen Smokey and the Bandit.
0: I haven't either. I know Sally Field is in one of them.
1: Oh. Which is shocking. Are they fun? Are they like- a? Yeah, they're comedies. Are they like Young Guns? Like they're in the Old West? Is that what Smokey and the Bandit is like set in Old West, right?
0: No, no, no. It's like um cars. It's like it's like eighties, like modern times, driving cars and
1: like stealing and stuff. But if I think you didn't, if you didn't know that, then Smoky and the Bandit sounds like Old West.
0: Yeah, I could see that.
1: Okay. Trusting your judgment on that.
0: He wants to drive cores at a truck show. But Mm -hmm. in 1977, it was illegal to sell cores east of the Mississippi River. So truck driver Bandit agrees to pick up the beer in Texas and drive it to Georgia within 24 hours. But he picks up a hitchhiker, Sally Field, and he attracts the attention of Sheriff Buford T. Justice. (laughs) Buford T. Justice, played by Jackie Gleason.
1: That sounds right.
0: Angry that Carrie will not marry his son, Justice embarks on a high-speed chase after Bandit.
1: Boy, movies were real simple back then, huh? Someone just had an idea. They did some cocaine and was like, I've got an idea for a movie. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So Kenny McDavid got this role in a Lonnie Anderson movie, which I'd never seen or heard of before.
0: Did they say it was a movie or a TV movie?
1: It was just, I, don't, I think they said TV movie, actually. You might be right. It was a... It kind of made me sad because it's kind of one of those things where they have to zoom the camera in. But the brother is so proud. I know, but that's kind of how that works, right? I don't know. It makes, I don't know. We can't talk a lot about that. It makes my stomach hurt. It makes me feel really bad. So Kenny McDavid does what most actors do and they get a job working at one of the studios and not working as an actor, but working at a different kind of job. So I guess he worked for Universal driving a bus... I'm guessing a tour bus. They didn't say that specifically or something like that.
0: Or was he like a teamster?
1: Maybe, but they said bus, which makes me think a tour bus, like he was a tour guide. So maybe he did get to do a little bit of acting because if anybody's ever been to Universal Studios to get those kind of jobs where you're public facing, a Mm -hmm. lot of times you have to be really, Mm
0: -hmm. you have lines
1: and stuff that you Mm -hmm. say, especially if it's a tour.
0: I love that Universal tour.
1: I've never been on it. I'm sure it's fun. So- Kenny's not really making it. He's not cutting the mustard in Hollywood. So he goes home to Sacramento to regroup and things go bad with his dad. I'm not sure if we need to really know that. It doesn't play that much as much as I thought it was going to play. So he goes back to Hollywood after having an argument with his dad to now try his hand at screenwriting. We have a lot of actor friends who have since decided not to act I can only think of a handful who have moved into the foray of screenwriting, and I can only think of a few extremely talented ones. and I'm not going to mention any names on this podcast, Kimberly. Okay, let's keep going.
0: I would say the opposite. every single actor I knew in Hollywood had screenplay they were pitching.
1: Oh, really? A vehicle for themselves. Oh good Lord. Oh yeah, right because they have And to- my
0: boss would get them on the hood of his car when he would go to a restaurant. Like, we got scripts every day. He went through LAX and the um, the Pat Down guy gave him a script. TSA guy gave him a script.
1: How does he have it on him? No, he mails it. Oh, okay. Everyone has a script in Hollywood. How many of those scripts did you read?
0: I read <laughs> most of them and they were terrible.
1: Were they all terrible?
0: Most, 99% of them are absolute garbage. Mm. And I feel like someone should have told them.
1: Um, So was there one in there about a driver who wants to, needs to get beer from one location to another, and then there's a character in it, (laughs) big cop character? There was,
0: and I passed on it.
1: Justice? I was
0: reading scripts in the early 70s, Okay, and I passed on this script, and it became Smokey and the Bandit.
1: Because, yeah, the character was Justice Bieber. And all that money
0: could have been mine.
1: Dang it. Wow.
0: I didn't think it was realistic.
1: Well, now you've got all this hot podcast pennies. I thought
0: the title implied that it was for the West Old West. And (laughs) so I just didn't like it.
1: And I hate that theme. (laughs) Anyways, so he's going to try his hand at screenwriting. No shame in it. Give it a go, guy. Apparently everyone else does. He has some other guy, some other Hollywood screenwriter who's moving in with him, who's supposed to be his writing partner. I've known of a few circumstances where having a writing partner goes horribly wrong because the person's a monster. I'm not going to mention any names, Kimberly, but I'm the monster. The writing partner turns out to be just a schlub and just wants free rent. Then Ken's dad dies. And I'm thinking that's why we know about the fight at home that made him. I just don't know why we needed to know that he went back to Sacramento and came back to Hollywood.
0: Some reason to feel for Kenny, but he's a person We should feel for him just because he's a person.
1: It doesn't work. It makes me annoyed at Kenny. This is a
0: two-story episode. We don't need this. We need to get to the crime.
1: Yeah, thank you. Okay, so Kenny's dad dies, but he doesn't go to the funeral, period. I don't know. He's got family drama. He's too busy writing a screenplay. I think they're just trying to say that he's changed, which is what everyone says.
0: This is what I'm saying. Write a script. That's fine. Don't be one of those people that only wants to talk about your script at Thanksgiving. No one else cares about your script at Thanksgiving. Or at least go to Thanksgiving, Kenny. Like, this is why they made it seem like Kenny chose Hollywood over his family. But maybe because his dad was a jerk beforehand.
1: Also, note to families on the other side of that who say, oh, well, they moved to L.A. and they just changed. Don't do that. No, Don't be those people. Don't say because someone moved to a location they've changed.
0: No, that's a location where people believe different things than you.
1: Okay, so in 2005, Ken lands a job with a small production company. Good for you. Unfortunately, a month or two later, he's found dead in an alley in Hollywood. Don't don't don't. It was it was that fast. So what happened is what had happened is it was a hit and run what it looked like was a hit and run. LA traffic police look into it. There is a bike close to Kenny's body with the front tire removed. So it looks like someone had kind of hit him while he was on his bike or fixing his bike. But the bike clearly had not been hit, according to the police. Uh, There would be a lot more damage to the actual bike. For example, the tire isn't flat. They say he died just before and so they come up with the time of death which was just before midnight so kenny's out on his bike in the middle of the night but unfortunately toxicology shows that he probably shouldn't have been out riding a bike at midnight at all Mm. because he has ambien vicodin and a little bit of alcohol in his system and Mm. that just sounds like a recipe for disaster
0: maybe kenny really had changed after moving to LA.
1: Maybe Kenny thought the bike was trying to attack him. If what you tell me about Ambien is true. Yeah. So he took the wheel off because the wheel had turned into a demon. Yeah. No, it was a troll. The wheel was a pizza and he was trying to eat it. Yeah. (laughs) So he really should just be, have been asleep, but he wasn't. So they, and the great thing about Hollywood is there's surveillance cameras everywhere. So they see on surveillance of this alley in Hollywood, that the car that hits him actually turns its lights off as it approaches. So this is not an accidental hit and run. This looks like a purposeful hit because they are turning their lights off so that he doesn't know they're coming. The car that hit him was a Mercury Sable. Big, I don't know. I don't know. No, uh, no clue. Mm. And there's no license plate number that they can get from the surveillance video. So on his identification, they see an address. And they go to the apartment that's listed on his ID and find out that he had actually moved out from there a few months before. They tell us that it was a studio for $900 a month. And I'm not sure why we needed to know it was $900 a month. Maybe that comes into play a little later. I don't think that you could find a studio for 900 a month now in Hollywood. No. Right? 10 years ago? Maybe.
0: No. Maybe. 15 years ago.
1: 15 years ago. you.
0: Could. I had a studio for that. About 15 years ago.
1: That was a nice studio.
0: No, it was not.
1: Are you talking? Which one are you talking about? The one in North Hollywood?
0: Yeah, I kind of liked
1: that one. Why didn't you like it? Sorry, this is not a conversation. There was the a podcast. homeless
0: guy with a knife screaming outside of my apartment one night, and it happened to be when my parents were visiting. That's well, why I had to move from that
1: apartment. That's North Hollywood for you. That's see, there are
0: homeless people everywhere. He probably wanted to be a.
1: Yeah. You should have been more tolerant.
0: Welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? Do you have a script?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's pretty woman. I know what that is.
0: Good. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I couldn't think of the other thing. I couldn't get the friggin' bathtub scene, but I got that for some reason. (laughs) Forget. I didn't get that she was singing Prince. No, I didn't. But I got that one immediately. Uh, my brain. When it's I like die, the most
0: famous scene in the movie. When she's my brain needs to be
1: studied. I want my head cut open, take it out, and figure out what the heck happened. Okay. So, anyways, his apartment that he had apparently moved out of a few months before had not been. The rent was never paid by him. It was paid by a woman named Helen Goulet, who I guess was supposedly his cousin. Hmm. She's saying she's his cousin. Saying she's his co- his much older cousin. So. Ken, uh, Ken had met Helen Goulet at a homeless lunch. I don't know where homeless lunch is, but it's not a homeless lunch. That's what they said. Homeless lunch.
0: But it was like a shelter, like a place that served food and they served meals like a soup kitchen.
1: I think in my head that that's usually dinner. I don't know why I was surprised that it was a lunch, but that's good. Um, I'm glad that there are those resources available in Los Angeles with the amount of broken dreams. So she is an elderly Santa Monica millionaire. Helen is who made money in real estate. She's a divorcee, of course, because I think most women in Santa Monica that have a lot of money are divorcees and she has or widows. Yeah, Uh, she has three grown children.
0: That's another ID show.
1: Really? No,
0: it should Uh, be. I'm sure there's a show on I.D. about widows.
1: Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Black widows. So she volunteers at the local homeless shelter with her friend, Olga Ruggerschmidt. Ruggerschmidt? Ruggerschmidt. Olga's husband had left her and she was currently living in Section 8 housing. Don't know why that's important, but I do think it's interesting that she was living in Section 8 housing, but she's Really good friends with this Santa Monica I thought that was
0: very strange. Interesting power dynamics between these two ladies, for sure.
1: Yeah. Santa Monica's by the beach, if you guys don't know. So anyways, they are two grandmas that have time and heart and are ready to volunteer. So they're working at the homeless shelter together and they meet. And that's where Ken runs into them. So they decide that they're going to help poor Kenny. They're going to get him a studio apartment so he can work on his screenplay. Now... The the B roll that we're getting, like the reenactment of this, is sort of funny. They're like, "This one's a screenwriter."
0: Did you tell him about our studio? It's really weird. They offer him a place to live right in front of this other homeless man. Yes, they do. Who is eating his food? Yeah, and a, seemingly listening to the conversation. But it's like they chose Kenny. But this other dude is probably like, "What the f? I'm sitting here too, ladies.
1: I have a screenplay too." Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. You I don't, don't know just why go
0: waving I... around a free studio apartment at a at a homeless uh, soup kitchen. They're just—it's going to cause a
1: riot. They're also making it seem like this was the first time they'd ever met him, and they offer him a studio apartment. I feel like within this was... seconds. Yeah, I feel like this is a relationship that had been built over several weeks, several months. He's a
0: screenwriter? Did you tell him about our studio? Yeah, well, we have this studio that you could live in. And work on your screenplay.
1: Okay, wow. Um, So they set him up in this studio apartment that looks like it's in Miracle Mile. I don't know. That's a little ways up, um, sort of in mid-Los Angeles. But anyways, immediately we see Kenny, like, inviting his friends over. Kenny's friends are homeless people. And so they're all squatting in this apartment and like partying. You know, they've got beers and they're watching Smokey and the Bandit. And
0: he was not a responsible person that I would have, if I were given a free studio, I went immediately turned it into a, like a drug guitar dude playing, you know.
1: Yeah. Or Like you're playing cards a lot, playing
0: cards, sick, smoking cigars and stuff. Like,
1: yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like. Like, um, like it smelled just horrible.
0: So, not because they were homeless, because they were dudes,
1: yeah, because they're just a bunch of boys. That there was an area lady in that apartment besides Helen who goes over, but in the B
0: roll, they're like, dude, tell us about her. She sounds hot. Is she hot? And I was like, are they talking about Helen or are they talking about some other dude that one of them met?
1: No, they're talking about Helen. I think that they um, were given very loose improv instructions for that scene. And one of them just took it. And they're like, yeah, do that one again. And they probably did the take like 15 times. And it just this was the best they got. But Helen is Helen Goulet is not happy with the state of the apartment because he's turned it into this like squatting den of iniquity. And so Helen goes to the manager of the apartment building and complains and says, you need to evict him. We need you to evict him. And the the manager is kind of funny. We get an interview with the manager. She's funny. She passes the buck. She's like, well, you pay the rent. So he's technically your tenant. So you convict him. How the heck does that work?
0: Yeah, it's doesn't make sense to me, but I love, but she was like, you know what? They were hanging out and it was gross, but they're paying the money every time. So I just look the other way. She's a look the other way -er.
1: She's the opposite of me. And I kind of like that because she's very chill. She's super, super Supremely chill. chill. She tells Helen it's her problem. Figure it out. So the manager goes away for a weekend and Helen and Olga go into action they hire a private security officer who is licensed to carry a gun. I don't know why we need to know that. And I didn't know that was a thing. So they hire a mercenary. It
0: was not a security guard. That guy was a stripper hired wearing his security guard uniform. He's wearing sunglasses inside. Yeah. And pulls out this baton and flicks it like, yeah. you know. yeah. Like he's gonna, but we don't see the gun that he's allowed to carry he's like, everybody, come on, fellas, get out of here. With his mustache and his sunglasses on inside. And it's a darkly lit apartment.
1: Why did they need him to he have a gun? He looks like an
0: another actor with broken dreams that they hired to play a security guard.
1: Well, maybe. We don't know they, that.
0: But then they tell us about the gun. And I was like, oh, so he's a real security guard?
1: But why is it? Spe- is that a specific thing that you can ask? Like, I want someone licensed to carry.
0: I have no... I don't know why... I don't know why they were so amped that this apartment needed to be cleaned out. In their long-term plan, which we now know what it was, Right? why was it important that Kenny couldn't enjoy some good times there with his
1: friends? That is a fantastic point.
0: Because they didn't want their apartment to get ruined, and that apartment was part of their scheme. Hire a cleaner to come once every time you do the scheme and just do a deep clean. It's not that expensive.
1: Well, back to Pam Smart. Maybe they didn't want to ruin their white furniture
0: then don't offer it to homeless people to live in. I'm sorry. No offense to homeless people.
1: No, don't buy white furniture, period. Everyone, rule. You have children or homeless people living in your apartment. Don't have white furniture. So the security officer, who may or may not have been a hot cop, um, comes in and kicks all the squatter friends out. And it's a really funny reenacted acting because Olga's like, that one, that one right there. <laughs> He's like he's a roach or something. Like he's not gonna get up. Get that one. Get that guy. What? It's not a video game. So. Oh my god. And Helen is like yelling at him and saying, "You better clean this place up." To Kenny, and Kenny is a grown, a man, does not like being yelled at by Helen Goulet. So he just he moves out. He's. It said he's it was too it.
0: restrictive for him. It's too restrictive, man. But so I. Again, I misunderstand the homeless people. I know there is a portion of the homeless people that are choosing to be homeless, but Kenny wasn't. So this place was free. All you have to do is not have your friends over to smoke weed all the time. And that is all you have to do to have a free studio. Right. Where you could maybe write and
1: get back on your your dreams. Right. You know,
0: but it was too restrictive. Kenny makes some questionable choices, I have to say.
1: There, we're not we're not getting the whole story because, again, this is a half an hour, but it it's a question mark. So Kenny moves out and is last seen by the manager who has come back from her trip and he's riding around the beach looking, as she says, homeless.
0: Yeah, which was the first time because before she was like, I mean, all of his friends kind of looked homeless. He, she's obsessed with if they look homeless or not, the people that live in her building. And then when he leaves, then she really thinks he looks homeless. Because he has a bike and a bag on his bike.
1: You can't judge a book by its cover. No, because there have been multiple times in our friendship that you have told me when I'm getting ready to go out for an evening that I look homeless because I like to layer clothing in an interesting and not clean way.
0: Also, in Hollywood, anybody you see on the street could be homeless. It could also be just Ethan Hawke on a Tuesday.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: You don't know with these actors. Johnny Depp? You don't think Johnny Depp smells horrible?
1: Yes, and looks homeless, for sure. So you can't, you can't judge. You
0: can't judge.
1: But so she sees him looking homeless, then he's found dead in the alley. But the police get a very interesting phone call, and it's from an insurance company. So someone had filed an insurance claim on our dear Kenny and had... It was a one million dollar life insurance policy, and on the forms for the life insurance, Kenny's it said he made sixty five thousand dollars a year.
0: Guess what he actually made that year? Two hundred. They said. How do you make two hundred dollars? Just like a day job, maybe he was an extra.
1: That's gonna make me. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. It maybe. That's me two sad. days of extra work, maybe. He went from Lonnie Anderson, made for TV movies to. Okay, let's not talk about that. So the the. Police are concerned because the autopsy says that he's homeless, and this life insurance policy says that he is a partner in HKO Productions. And HKO Productions is a team of three. It's 74-year-old Helen, it's 71-year-old Olga, and 50-something-year-old Kenny. And they're all business partners. Making movies, making dreams. Making dreams come true. Uh, So the Hollywood detective... Is very suspicious, and then gets some information from another officer that this case sounds a lot like the death of another homeless man named Paul Vados. Paul Vados is well; they said he's an alcoholic, so it's kind of sad. He was found dead in the back of a liquor store. It's horrible. That made me sad. Um, the whole thing is horrible. It really is. So, but apparently Helen and Olga had also had a policy on him. So this other cop knew about these two ladies, and at the time it said it had said in the papers that uh, Paul Vados was Helen's fiance, who died at the back of the liquor store. He was also Olga's cousin. So that's convenient. If you saw these ladies,
0: the ladies are so put together. They are. They're like the women in the diner, so you would know right away they are not dating homeless men who are passed out at a liquor store.
1: Right, with a bottle of vodka. That
0: are 20 years younger than them.
1: Yeah, they're not. But they had a policy on him for $800,000, but they didn't use the business angle. They used the I'm in love angle. Mm -hmm.
0: Are you possibly murdering homeless people to get their life insurance? It sounds like you're the type of person that has a lot of important paperwork that needs to be kept safe. Yeah. Fidelius lets you create online vaults where you can store your information, then guard the vaults with people you trust. So you create different vaults for different situations, like one would be called medical records, one is homeless man, Alex' life insurance. One is homeless man Tom's life insurance. Ah. And then you customize what vault your paperwork goes into. Then you pick key holders who want to get into your vaults. But this is a two-step guardian approval protocol. So you Ooh. pick guardians who you trust to be your proxy, who in case of emergency or something happens to you, they will approve or deny these key holders access. It's so perfect for smart people who love true crime because you know that you can never trust anyone. 100%. Absolutely. So let's say you make your business partner Olga a key holder, but you don't totally trust her because there's no honor among thieves, murderers, and fraudsters. So ah. you make another trusted friend who has no motivation to kill you to be your guardian. And that guardian decides if Olga can get into the papers. It's such a smart idea for people who have adult paperwork who are adulting and doing adult-like things. Mm -hmm. There's even a free 21-day trial period with no credit card required. And our listeners get 30% off your first year or lifetime membership. And these are really reasonable prices, guys. Wow! Just visit FideliusVaults.com, F-I-D-E-L-I-U-S, Vaults.com, and enter code DATELINE at checkout.
1: Ooh, 30% off. I know. It's such a great idea. Check it out, guys. Allora Fidelius. Fidelioso Maximosus. Fidelius Fidelius. <laughs> You're just gonna let me keep going? Fidelius Voltumus. Yeah, there we go. Fidelius Voltemus.
0: That uh, sounds good.
1: That's really good. <laughs> Check them out, guys. Thank you, Fidelius. Thank you, Fidelius. So there's this special FBI LAPD task force. Never heard of this group before, but they start looking into these homicides. And I don't I don't. Did they have a name? They just say task force. Homeless. Oh, murder. Homeless fraud, murder, homeless
0: fraud, murder, detective agency, Johnny Dollar HQ. There we go. Because he's the most famous insurance fraud investigator there is.
1: There you go. So it's FBI, LAPD form this beautiful conglomerate. So apparently, Helen and Olga have 18 policies out currently. 18. Usually, Helen is the fiancé and Olga is the cousin in most of them. I don't know how she can be the fiancé of multiple men, but I guess it doesn't matter.
0: Also, why is Olga never the fiancé? That's what I said. She's younger, technically, closer to their age. Is it because she's foreign? Is it because she's foreign? And then they would think it was a green card marriage or something?
1: Like Helen just assumed that she was the fiancé? That's what it seems like. Helen is
0: super bossy to Olga. They're, uh, that's why she keeps her in the Section 8 housing, and she's a millionaire.
1: Yeah, that's not right. I don't like that. But they have become quite well off from these policies. Helen had gotten close to $2 million already, and Olga, 800000
0: Well, that's because Helen was putting up the money. So I believe she felt like she was entitled. Plus, I think she thinks she's prettier than Olga. I'm just going to say it. No, I... She thinks she's prettier than Olga. She thinks she's the pretty one. Yeah, she does.
1: I really don't like that.
0: She's the Blanche, I would say. Yes. And poor Olga is more the rose, and she dislikes Rose is beautiful. Oh, no, rose is gorgeous, but Blanche will be like, you're going to wear that, Rose?
1: Right, Exactly. You know, mm. so this special task force does a sting operation at some L.A. breakfast spot. It's interesting. And they're meeting with Helen to sign like this final insurance payout. She looks like Jane Fonda.
0: Yeah, we see real footage. Yeah.
1: Does she not it's look a little real bit secret like
0: her footage? I have of... met Jane Fonda. Yes. Jane Fonda is stunning.
1: Does she kind of look like that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great.
0: But we all know what Jane Fonda looks
1: like. She has the big glasses and stuff. But sometimes people look different in real life than they do on screen. That's true. That's what I was asking. Helen was expecting a payout when she's signing these papers at this meeting of $500,000. But the undercover detective hands her a check for 20 grand. Because they want to basically see what she's going to do. She did not like that? No, they did not. They just say this is a refund for the premium that she paid on the policy. Um, She gets really upset. Like... You're wasting my time. Thank you for wasting my time. Just packs mm-hmm. up her little purse and walks out. She
0: might as well have put her, like, white gloves back on and wrapped her fur around her and was like, I said good day, sir. It's,
1: it's right there. It's really close to that. So she doesn't reveal enough for them to hold her on anything. So this detective, special detective team has to tail her.
0: It says there a team is following each of the aging gym rats. It's a burn. The show loves to burn people. Aging gym
1: rats. We're now getting a lot of B-roll of these two older actresses working out.
0: And they keep it tight and right. Like, I was jealous. They looked great in their leotards. And they are wearing leotards. Olga
1: is doing that pull-down bar that you pull down behind your head um, with just the bar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like on Save by the Bell when the girls were working out and it was for the music video. And it's Put all fake. Put your mind to it. Go for it. You're going to break a sweat. Rock and roll. And there's they're doing and it's literally just for show. No one's really sweating, but they're doing that fake towel thing where they're like toweling themselves off.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. This is what that's like. It's like if they were going to lift barbells, they'd be foam. It's yeah. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Wow. I don't, I also don't know why we needed to know. I guess we kind of need to know that for later, but it's still, it's alarming that they spend time on it. So the police are tailing them and they actually catch Olga signing up another victim. (laughs) Like right in front of them. She's like, (laughs) come on over, the papers for you to sign. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's really weird, but apparently that's still not enough. It's not the right kind of evidence somehow. I never understand this, but they figure out that if somehow these insurance claims are using the U the U.S. Postal System, that this is going to constitute mail fraud, which
0: happened in another dateline we had where that was what they could actually yeah, get them for the con because man. somehow those laws are easier to prosecute.
1: I'm glad we have them then. Yeah, because we got them. So they they got them. They go and arrest Grandma Helen, and she is in her silky pajamas. And she goes,
0: "Mail fraud!" (laughs) She's acting so innocent. What are you mail fraud and do anything? I Um, haven't committed um, any mail
1: fraud. I can't. It'll never leave my head.
0: (laughs) It's the new bye bye. It's no, it's the new queen.
1: Queen. <laughs> That's what it. I mail fraud. It's so put upon. It's so and like
0: I'm just a little old lady. What do you mean? Whatever do you mean?
1: But then the next footage that we get, <laughs> so good. Favorite. They go to arrest Olga.
0: Poor Olga gets the short end of the stick every time.
1: Flipping out because they're trying to arrest her in her pajamas as well because they're going super early in the morning. And she is basically like when you're holding a child back who's straining to get a toy Ugh. to try to get into her apartment door because all she wants to do is change her clothes. Let her put her clothes on, man. I don't know I what feel, to tell you. I felt you. like
0: she was self-conscious of her upper arms, as I would be. And I would be like, I cannot be arrested with my upper arm showing. I need to get some sort of wrap here or let me put on a tee.
1: Was she in a tank top? She's in
0: a tank top, yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. And that
0: is a curvy gal's nightmare.
1: I felt like she, no, I feel like this was a decorum issue for Olga.
0: It could be both.
1: Yeah. But like it was, she was not.
0: She's like both doing the like you go rigid so someone can't move you. But then you alternately go limp so someone can't move you.
1: It was really... She's throwing a-, a tantrum. Yeah. Yeah. In her apartment hallway. Oh, my goodness. So then they put them in an, an interrogation room together, which you know is going to be great. And they're videoing them. And they're like hissing at each yes. other. Like, you got greedy. Like... Olga
0: says, that's what went wrong. You got greedy.
1: Wow. And so then we think that maybe... That's confession. Olga is not the little side thing, just doing whatever Helen says. Olga's fully in on the plot and is mad because she thinks Helen messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if Olga, th- like in the old country, this is how we did it. I was ready for her <laughs> to say that. I was. She was seconds away from saying that. You know it. So the detectives go and search their respective houses and at Ellen's house, they find a post-it with a partial VIN number on it. This is a little complicated. Basically, I don't... Man, they had nothing because they're, they're looking for scraps of paper
0: mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm.
1: They find the partial vin at Helen's and at Olga's, they find a stolen driver's license for somebody named Hillary. And turns out that this Hillary on the stolen driver's license has a Mercury Sable registered to her name. So here we finally are getting to it. Turns out, Olga had stolen the ID card from someone at her daughter's gym and then had gone... Again, and- the gym rats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then had purchased the car from a used car lot and said it was for Hillary, her friend. And had- You can
0: buy a used car with another person's ID?
1: No way you can do that. That lot must have been shady. They just wanted to make money.
0: I've n- I've never heard of such a thing. I feel like you would
1: definitely need your own ID. At a reputable establishment, I would assume that you would need a couple of forms of ID. Uh, But that's okay. So but then and then immediately sold the mercury sable after this crime was committed. And so they they track it down from where it was sold. Pretty
0: smart, though, I have to say, because if they had destroyed the ID, they wouldn't have been able to do figure that out.
1: Why didn't they destroy the ID again?
0: I don't know. But
1: but it was found at Olga's. Yeah, she got lazy.
0: I don't know why. Uh, her shredder was broken. I don't know why.
1: I think she was gonna buy multiple cars with the ID. I think the ID was hard to get, so once they had the ID, they were gonna buy. They were gonna keep using it to buy cars. She has for a to second. then. You
0: no, know, she has to work out a fake ID or something. Like, yeah, she can't keep using that same girl's ID. That I no, that's not gonna work for long. You gotta spread it out, Olga.
1: Yeah, you really do. Yeah, it's really stupid.
0: Or fake IDs. Just pay a guy on Hollywood Boulevard to make you a fake ID.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, they keep killing people on Hollywood Boulevard. It's tricky business. So they track down the car that had been sold in auction and they find, sure enough, Ken McDavid's DNA under the car. Yeah. Still. So finally, there is enough to indict the two ladies for murder. They figure out that Helen was the driver. She was also the brains behind the operation, they said. And I feel like they're not giving Olga enough credit for her time in old country and doing the dirt, doing the dirty work, basically, is what Olga's job was. Helen, like you said, paid the insurance premiums, got the people, signed them up. Although Olga's the one we see signing up the one guy, but that's okay. Olga was usually the passenger and the one doing the actual lifting and moving of the dead body. She was the pack mule. She was like the muscle. Here's what I didn't understand. And it's maybe not fair. You can explain it to me. They said pulling him out of the car. So did they actually drug him?
0: I believe they drugged him, put him in the passengers or the back seat, mm-hmm. moved him to the alley and then rode over him.
1: They so she is very strong. She moved dead weight of a 52 year old large man. And
0: Helen was not helping at all.
1: No, she was sitting in the car like Jane Fonda. Um, Right.
0: But having those must, those larger upper arms, they don't have any strength in them, though. So Olga's must have like strength in them.
1: Why did you notice her upper arms so much? Because I did not notice her upper arms in the slightest. Something you see in other people. I see. Okay. So at the time of their arrest, Helen is 78. Olga is 75. And they are found guilty of first degree murder and get life without parole. So oh. then we get to see the most important thing, which is probably the thing you're about to interrupt me with, which is their mugshots.
0: No, that's not what
1: I was going to say. Oh, OK, go ahead. What is I it? was
0: going to say we see this, the B-roll, well, it's fake B-roll reenactment of them driving over the body in the alley and it they go forward, then they go back. They go forward multiple times. And even though it's clearly a dummy, the sound that it makes like made my stomach turn. It was so brutal. It's like crunching and smushing. And it's just like, it's gross. It is. Oh, it's really it's it's hard to watch. And you clearly know it's a dummy and it's still hard to watch.
1: They're trying to what show these? Wow. These women are. Wow. Hmm. Cold blooded, cold blooded, heartless. So the mugshots that they show us, <laughs> like the the makeup is insane, and I'm worried about myself at 78 because <laughs> it's it's coming. Yeah, and if I don't slow down, we're we're look. That's what we're looking at, right? So I'm gonna expect you to.
0: I'll be Olga, and I'll be in my pajamas when I'm arrested. So I'm going Olga look.
1: had crazy makeup too,
0: but wasn't she arrested when she was wearing her pajamas?
1: I have no idea where she got the blush. It looked did like they, she used... Were, did
0: they go in the same car together? And did, were they doing their makeup in the back seat?
1: backseat oh, before I think, they got
0: to the station?
1: I think Olga was allowed to bring her purse and had a lipstick in her purse, put it on her mouth, and then went With like the this on her cheeks. <laughs> and then was trying to rub it in her cheeks so she could have some blusher. It hurt my heart. It was... It doesn't hurt my heart because they're murderers. No, they deserve
0: it. But still, it's a little sad with when you see older people with their makeup not done right because they can't see as well or, or they have handcuffs on.
1: Or you just aren't supposed to wear that much makeup. Like, that's too much. It's a, it's a lot of a lot. And then we end with the three lovely New York ladies again. And just, I want to be them. And that's all. That's all we have for Elder's Kelter. It's great. But what's weird is they didn't say, did they, were they convicted of both Kenny's murder and the other gentleman behind the liquor store? I storm? hope so.
0: And I don't know if they had done it to other people, but that I guess- That was my
1: question.
0: They had already made a lot of money, right? Doing this sort of frauds.
1: But they're making huge amounts of money in one go. So if she'd only made $2 million, then they But like, Kenny's done payments it,
0: like... never went through. So were those all from that first guy they did it with? But that- case was also already being looked at. So those payments would have been flagged, right? Or did that go through?
1: That would have gone through.
0: I don't know. It just like when you get to the point in your life when you stop wanting to help homeless people and start to think it's okay to just kill them for your own monetary gain.
1: And what was the thing that made Kenny the target? Was it screenwriter?
0: (laughs) Maybe one of them was a failed actress and she was like, bitter and jaded by the whole Hollywood scene. She's like, well, the last thing this town needs is another writer's sweetheart. We can let go of you.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly how that worked. Yeah, okay, you're a dime a dozen.
0: But I feel like they were, well, they wanted someone they could control. And I think if they pick some, well, the other guy was an alcoholic, but I think an alcoholic or drug addict would be harder to control. They need to have tabs on them so they can get him to sign things. Although, weren't they forging things too? Oh, how I don't know. It seemed like they actually were getting these people's real signatures because it showed them flagging down that one guy to get his signature.
1: Well, I'm sure it did. And I'm sure that they were telling them it was insurance on the apartment. Yeah, maybe if they're putting them up to live there. I'm more questioning. Did they have multiple studio apartments? Did that manager? Did she see a lot of guys come and go all paid for by Olga? Was the manager on the take?
0: No, I don't think she was via what I saw. I felt like she was honest on this episode and I don't, not honest. I felt like she definitely looked the other way on a lot of things, (laughs) Um, but uh, what goes on in her apartment building, but she's like, as long as I don't get arrested, it doesn't affect me. But I don't felt, I don't feel like she was explaining it as if this was a brand new situation that this lady Appeared, said she was the cousin of somebody and she was gonna be paying for his room and she was like, Okay, I don't really care what goes on here. Why would you that's pay not f- weird to me at all? Yeah. And then you want to evict his friend suddenly. It's very strange. So I feel like they did it in multiple places, I guess.
1: I just don't know why they're like, but it's like the witch and Hansel and Gretel. They're like fattening them up to kill them. What do they do? What's what is she what's the point? Well, if
0: they have to keep them alive long enough to get enough money going for their life insurance. So, Mm. but is it, I, but so I don't get why they can't enjoy their time with their friends in the apartment.
1: Do you think that there's a possibility that they are trying to like option a screenplay, like get somebody who could be a good writer in and make money off of that way, like form, like, so they only kill them if they're unsuccessful, you die if you don't write.
0: Because the odds of finding a screenplay that screenplay writer that actually sells a screenplay in Hollywood is like one in thousands. So, yeah. if they're smart, that's not a good gamble.
1: What did the children think? What did Helen's children think? Were they like mob? What
0: you and Auntie Hel- uh, Olga have been doing? What?
1: Oh my god, it's so good. So- it's bizarre. This one is bizarre. And this one makes sense to be called elder Skelter, unlike the other one where the guy was not that old. These women are in their 70s. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Helen's almost 80. Yeah. She's well preserved, but she's
0: Yeah, she looks great.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Not in her mugshot, but
1: oh my goodness.
0: And the actress playing her looked great. The actress playing Olga looked great. They're they did a great job too.
1: Can you use the mugshot as the um the Instagram pumpkin? Okay. Yes, sure. Yes, it's so, oh, it's so intense. I love it. All right, everybody, that's it for Elder Skelter Part 2. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Stay safe out there.
0: And respect your homeless people.
1: I thought you were going to say respect your elders. No, I wasn't. That was really good. Bye, everybody.
0: Not these elders. They don't deserve it.